was he an MML? <laughs> what is it? MML. MLA fighter. And you're like, no, he was an Avenger. Did you say MLA fighter? What did I say? I, I did not say that when we were yes, watching. Yes, he is a writing revision <laughs> what did I professional say? MLA. 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 Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 2016 film Train to Busan, directed by Sang Ho Yeon. I apologize if I butcher names. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? Sweaty. Sweaty and ready. Sweaty and ready to talk about this movie. <laughs> you were just sitting there and sweaty. I don't know what's wrong with you today. Well, I drank red wine and I feel mm. like it makes me hot as soon as I drink it. I know what you mean. Any any kind of sweet drinks do that to me. I think that's why I don't like them. But red wine, well, we usually don't get sweet red wine, so that's This weird. is a little sweeter than usual, right? Is it? I'd say we drink usually like uh You know, we say that, wines. but like I feel like if I gave this to one of my friends, they'd be like, this is the most bitter <laughs> thing ever. Well, what are we drinking? Or what were we drinking? We are drinking actually a wine that I... You told, had a fun fact about it, right? Yeah, kind of did. It's Francis Coppola wine. The Black Label, it's a cab. But <laughs> the fun fact about it is that he directed Dracula. And I believe his family owns this winery. So we were saying that if we cover Dracula 1993 with Winona Ryder. Is that the Bram Stoker one? The one that they... Yes. Okay. It's one of my favorites. You know, I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe it didn't age well. I always feel like tentative to say, I love that movie because then I'll watch it again. And then and you go like, back and there's brown face. Yeah. <laughs> or something. And you're like, ooh. But yeah, fun. that's what we were drinking while watching Train to Busan, though. Thanks for the fact. We should eventually do like the horror movie classics maybe we'll do it in november after halloween to okay. keep us excited the we could also do um day of the dead type movies i think it's kind of sad that day of the mortals is so soon after halloween because i feel like we don't get the chance to do both like, we need a whole month of halloween a whole month of <laughs> honestly day of the dead. yeah because i do do an altar for my dad we have to set it up in like the middle of our halloween stuff of halloween which is and strange. we already have a lot of stuff if it's the vibe yeah it matches you know? but <laughs> overnight november 1st you're supposed to do prayers and then you like share drinks share food did you put stuff on there last year when i do that kind of stuff i start to dream them and it kind of feels depressing well this really? episode took a depressing turn the other day i told you i was sad because i dreamt something that kind of happens in this movie where the guy is too worried about work and doesn't give a yeah. shit about his family my dad was trying to get my attention somebody from work was talking shit to me and i was like telling him to hold on and then i woke up before even being able to say anything back to him because you had to go fight the guy oh kind of yeah he was telling me that what i was doing was wrong and i was like fuck you and my dad was like hey ho, and i was like hold on i'm trying to Fight this guy. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was pissed because I was like, I should have just talked to him. I don't really ever dream my dad. And when I do, I always feel like he sends me a message. You better pay attention. I know. Last time he told me he was doing okay. This time you said he might have told me where his money was. Yeah. Or <laughs> some important detail we need to know. The money is in the banana stand, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was telling you. Well, what do you got for creepy content then? We watched, was it Willie's World? Willie's Wonderland. Wonderland. What'd you think? I like this movie. I can't believe that Nicolas Cage got paid to say absolutely nothing in an entire movie. <laughs> this is totally his aesthetic, though. Ever Definitely since doing Mandy, Cage. I feel like he's done more, like, horror-type films. He's gotten better at whatever... This is. Th whatever Nicolas Cage has been in the history of his acting career was meant to be whatever he's doing now. I don't know if you know this, but the New Orleans house where the woman tortured her slaves. Looked up her name. It's Madame LaLaurie. He bought her house. I heard about that, yeah. And then he went into bankruptcy, and I think he had to Because he it. bought her house? No, oh. he was... <laughs> other issues, I believe, but he had to sell it to another private owner who I don't know if they're public or what they plan to do with the house, but Bagelweiss, oh my God, yeah. I would not be surprised. No, he wanted to own that house. So I feel like that does tell you the kind of person he is. He's into maybe like this paranormal. He is. He's an interesting guy. But we watched it. Yeah. <laughs> is the point of this whole conversation and there were some cheesy parts i thought it was all just it was fun i think, I think it's just not meant to be taken super seriously but like still fun i love his dancing at the pinball machine i also was wondering if the things with the soda was like is he a diabetic or something that he has to take his soda every time yeah there were things in there that didn't make sense to me but whatever i don't think it's one of those think about the what meaning of everything yeah no it's just pure 
fun at Freddy's. Right. right. Yeah. I haven't seen or played Five Nights at Freddy's because I suck at it. I think I'm going to go back to Target and buy that five game collection. Try it out. Yeah. You didn't tell me what you thought about Willy's Wonderland. I thought it was fun. I love it. The whole we killed ourselves and did a satanic ritual thing is so out of nowhere. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this place was run by a bunch of murderers and pedophiles and then they killed themselves in a satanic ritual and then put themselves in the bodies of the machines. It's very Chucky. I just hate when they're like, the only way we can make this work is that if it's satanic. Right. What if the actual killers were still alive, just hiding? Yeah, in, in the, the suits. Thing? Anyway, we also, well, you watched because I turned this documentary on and then fell asleep in five minutes. And then I woke up the next day and you're like, thanks for putting on that documentary. I'm a Satanist now. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Hail Satan, question mark. Question mark. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> uh, is a documentary on Hulu that I wanted to watch because they started the satanic temple. In mm. Salem. When they think? buy that house in Salem, they actually paint their house black. And I was like, ooh, we can do that. When we were there and we kept passing like black houses, I was like, oh, cool. Like I thought it was maybe like the original Some houses. Some of them potentially could be, but. Yeah, but now I'm thinking maybe some people buy them and then to match the aesthetic of the town, paint it black. So I did write down specifically what the Satanic Temple is from, I think it was their website. It says the Satanic Temple promotes egalitarianism social justice and the separation of religion and state. Satanic temple beliefs use Satan as a symbol of representing the eternal rebel against arbitrary authority and social norms. It's definitely not what people think it is just because it has the name Satan in it. Yeah. Before I used to have an impression that Satanism was about being your truest self, which I guess isn't entirely off base because it's being that you're in your right to believe in and do what you want. It's against government because one example that they were showing was in a lot of capitals of states, they'll put Ten Commandment mm -hmm. monuments and they would submit their own and say, all right, well, if you're going to do that and impose Christianity on the entire state of whatever, mm -hmm. then we could also submit a monument for Satan or a statue of Baphomet or whatever it was. And people would be like, oh, that's outrageous. And it was like, no, well, how is it not outrageous to put a Ten Commandment monument up? In a lot of cases, they would say, okay, well, we're not putting up the Ten Commandment just so that they wouldn't be able to put up the Baphomet statue, you know? Which I think is a good idea because the way we are as a country okay we're the quote-unquote melting pot a lot of people are not christian a lot of people are not catholic it's the salad i've the heard up salad of life when i was in college there was a professor that specifically was like it's never been a melting pot it's always been a no. salad none of the parts fuse ever you're told to assimilate to the catholic christian ideals but it's true it's like when Christmas comes around and people get upset that you say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. It's like not everyone celebrates Christmas and things like no. that. I feel like the small parts I watched was trying to make it a little jokey. It was definitely jokey the entire way, but they try to parody the fact that the government is such a... I don't want to government. Piss, I don't want to piss people off, but it's like the whole point is that the government wants to impose equality and freedom of religion, freedom of whatever, but then isn't very strict with the fact that that's true. The Pledge of Allegiance says one nation under God. under God. Or like the money says in God we trust. It's like very forced on you that oh, this yeah. is a Christian country and having your own religion is not necessarily accepted by the no. authorities. So good documentary you recommend? Yeah, I mean it's, it's good it's to fun. know about that kind of stuff and see what people are doing. It, it was showing to a lot of like activism. I'll rewatch it and then we can actually talk about it because yeah. I missed literally the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> are we ready for this drink that I'm nervous about? Yeah, so I brought some historics on it this being a korean film it's actually the first feature zombie film of korean origin the reason that i wanted to make this drink was because in korea a very prominent alcohol type is called soju i used to have a korean roommate actually in college i lived with him for a year he was here as a exchange student he taught me a lot about his culture and food and drinks and introduced me to soju and makgeolli what i wanted to do was make this drink based on soju and i looked up well, are there any soju cocktails out there I ended up running into one that's called i'm gonna try to say it kojingan mek okay it's a little bit of a tongue twister the word literally translates to first bad things come then good things oh no yeah this is a variation of that the original drink is made with equal parts beer soju and coke specifically but we're doing ours with zombie dust soju and dr pepper zero <laughs> Because the only other thing we had was pumpkin beer, and that just sounds like too much of a wild card. Even this might be a wild card. I mean, it, it's cool in color. Yeah, if you want to give it a shot, no pun intended, I heard that the soju. Again, I've read all this online, so I'm not going to act like I know that this is like for a fact Korean culture or the way that it is drunk, but... Apparently soju is drunk in a one-shot style, quote-unquote, in that if someone says one shot, they have to like drink it immediately, and that's how they finish several bottles at a time. Sounds 
like a horrible hangover waiting to happen. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's not bad. I don't know what I'm tasting. Kind of tastes like root beer. Like a cream soda Yeah, right? Maybe because we use Dr. Pepper. I don't love this. <laughs> but I could see how it would be someone's, like, thing. Jam. Also, I saw warnings that, like, this can get you fucked up, so. Heed our warning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We'll see by the end of this episode. I really don't like it. Maybe you hated it. <laughs> okay, it's just not my flavor palette. It's not nasty. It's not. It's just like, I think like you said, if it wasn't an IPA, I would like it a little more. But yeah, I would describe it like a cream soda-y root beer float type flavor. Amazing. Well, what do you rate it? I'm going to give it a two. Generous. <laughs> just because I know like people would drink this and be like, oh shit, that's good. But it's just not for me. I'd give it a four. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Very oh, different. Good. Taste. We're on the opposite ends finally. Finally. We disagree. <laughs> Sweet. Well, go give the... Oh, I'm calling this one the Train to Redemption. I had already named it before I even made it. The fact that Kojingan Mech translates first bad things and good things come. It's kind of like it's a redemption. It's kind of like a redemption, yeah. <laughs> what fun facts you got? Okay, so it was a little hard to find fun facts for this movie. There were some that like kept popping up that I think you probably saw when you were just looking up some basic info, but... Train to Busan is the sixth highest grossing domestic film of all time in South Korea. The film recorded more than 11 million moviegoers in South Korea alone. It became the first South Korean film to gross 1 million at the Singapore box office. Apparently, it has the audience record of over 10 million theater goers. This is probably one of the most successful films to ever come out of South Korea. So Mm. it's interesting that it is of the horror genre i guess zombie could be its own genre the acting is really good in it super good some of the actors in here are like awesome let's talk about some of the actors so the actor who plays the man with the pregnant wife used to be i apologize for butchering these names but jong yo's personal trainer who plays the main dad in the film so like you can tell that he's like a buff dude but like he kind of looks like he has a stomach i don't know but his arms are huge when i was looking up him as an actor it was literally like pictures of him like lifting flexing yeah. yeah so funny that he was like the main actor's personal trainer <laughs> was he like you should be on this movie that's i don't know cool. if that's how it went or it, he just ended up there and he's like hey i know that guy maybe it's something that happens commonly because i on instagram follow chris hemsworth but mm-hmm. i also follow his trainer because him and his trainer make a lot of videos together i mean it's like a common a thing to be personal. cool with your personal trainer i wish i had one this cool he's my favorite character oh he's the best character in this movie but filmmaker edgar wright who we know as the director of Shaun of the dead and scott pilgrim he was a big fan of the film and he actually recommended the film in a tweet calling it the best zombie movie he's seen in forever i wonder if that included his movie so he who plays the character of jin he is an ex-member of the famous cake pop group wonder girls and that's all i got Uh, like i said it was kind of hard to find fun facts for these some of them are like details you could see in the movie yourself one of them's like the word zombie is only mentioned once or twice and i'm like yeah that's a common in english i didn't see it a single time did you they say boogeyman at the end which maybe is how they translated zombie but I don't know. And the other ones were like, <laughs> I'm exaggerating in how obvious <laughs> the, they are. They, did you know this is an actual train to Busan? That was like the fun <laughs> facts that I found. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Fuck. The cinematic master. <laughs> did you know that the train's coming from Seoul? I didn't know that. No, I'm serious. That's what the brief said. That's your fun fact. Is Busan like another big city, kind of like Chicago to New York? I think they mentioned in the film that it's like more on the countryside. So they're trying to get away from the big city. Okay, that makes sense. You should do that. You should always get away from the big cities. Which is something we mentioned when we were watching this. Like, we don't know how populated South Korea is, but would it be safer to be on the countryside? But yeah, that's unfortunately all I have. Awesome. Good job, babe. I love it. I love this movie. I love your fun facts. I love this drink. I'm ready for this minute. Okay. I'm not ready. Oh, yeah, it is your turn. <laughs> I was about to say, no, it's my turn for brief. No, let's do you. No, no it's your turn. Okay. Ready? No. I can't get into my phone for the watch. Go. Oh, that's not fair. Fine. Stop it. Go. Are you going to count me in or not? <laughs> okay. I keep putting laps for some reason. <laughs> you want me to run laps? <laughs> Ready? Go. Okay, so we learned about this father and daughter who the father is working all the time. He's going through a divorce with her mother, and he's like a bad absentee dad. So this little girl literally just wants to go to her mom, and she's like, I'll take the train to Busan by myself. This girl's like nine years old. That's not a good idea. So he's like, no, 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 I'll take you. As this is going on, there's kind of chaos ensuing, a little bit of hints that we typically see in these horror movies that something bad is happening They make it onto the train and everything seems fine, except people are kind of getting attacked in the background. Uh, This girl sneaks onto the train and she's bitten and diseased and she obviously becomes a zombie and infects everyone on the train. 
chaos ensues where this train is literally just trying to get to its destination. They make it to one military stop. It doesn't end up working out for them. It's just more zombies. The military has been turned into a zombie army. Um, they're all fighting on this train. There's this one horrible rich dude that's literally responsible for killing 90% of the characters. And then he makes it to the end. Um, they literally make it to their destination in Busan. Done! Because <laughs> that's really it. You lost. You I guess done. so. <laughs> oh, well, it was just like hard to say that they just make it there, but there's only like two characters. Who's they? Survive. Yeah, I was like, who, they is literally a pair of people. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm taking a shot of wine. Yeah. I am already drunk. Come on. All right, that was good. Good job, babe. Not that good. Amazing. The brief that I got was from IMDb, and it says, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on a train from Seoul to Busan. That's literally my summary. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? Not even yelling. Why are you yelling? I feel like I make that joke in every you episode. Our personalities it. consist of 90% TikTok references. Look, we're on episode 31. If you haven't caught on that we're the same people all 31 episodes. Who don't talk to other people or have <laughs> new jokes. You're going to deal with this for the next 10 years. Deal with it. Why 10? Are you going to change your personality? No, that's when we're going to change dogs, apparently. <laughs> no. We're cloning Loki. Yeah, I told true. you this already. You're right. Will it be as crazy as him, though? I think so. We're just got him a fox. The and fox? he thinks it's weird. He does think it's weird. It's a squishmallow. <laughs> we put it in his bed, and he's like, the fuck is that thing doing in my bed? Which, if we do get another dog, might teach him, like, sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was, like, not happy about us putting it in his bed. I've seen that when people get a new dog, they train their current dog with a stuffed dog that's going to look exactly like the other one. So maybe we caught on to something. Time to dive into this. This movie, Train to Busan, 2016. 2016. We open on a quarantine zone where they are spraying everything down. Oh shit, what the hell is it? That sounds loud. Do we check what it is? No, we'll be fine. <laughs> what if it's another squirrel? I was on a work call the other day. I'm pretty sure a bird hit the glass. Again? It was a call with my boss and yeah. I was like, I think a bird hit my glass again. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, last year a bird died on our patio because it just flew in our glass. And they do it all the time. But anyway, what I was saying was... <laughs> <laughs> you, you're literally living in the birds movie. No big deal. Back to work. But we open on this scene. Yeah. <laughs> They're spraying everything down. This man comes in talking about how he doesn't want to go through another route because of something to do with his livestock. They let him through after spraying him down. Immediately, he gets distracted on the road by his phone. He hits something. He goes out to investigate. He hit a deer, and it's dead in the road. He's like, ugh, worst day ever. Am I right? And then... Looks at the camera. Yeah, looks at the camera like the office and then drives off. Immediately after that, the deer contorted. Yeah. Contracted. Yes, he's contracted something. (laughs) But contorting, and he's like, no big deal, I'm fine. I think it's really cool how the zombies turned in this film. I really like that too. We've talked about how the directors will direct the people who are going to be the zombies in the movie and be like, oh, do this, or act like whatever you think dead people act like. Some people even went to camp. But these people are super flexible because some of them just literally fall on their face and then immediately like get up. It's an insane way to do it. Every single person who turns into a zombie on camera does it. Even some of the main actors. I thought it was just crazy body acting skills but now i'm wondering if they speed up the film Mm. in editing that would have been a fun fact to look up the next scene is oh god we should look up his character's name his name is silku what eric said because i'm terrible at pronunciation i have imdb up here so i'm gonna do my best saying their names yeah because this movie doesn't say their names that often could be that the subtitles just don't say their names he basically is a fund manager i just put he works with accounts he's on a call where somebody was saying like sell all of the stocks for this company and they're like what that's not a good idea we can't do that and the guy's like do you work for this company okay well then do what i said his daughter's birthday is coming up and his wife or ex-wife ex-wife is it officially his ex-wife because his mom later says talk to your wife the ex-wife says let's not waste time suing each other she wants custody of their daughter and he's saying like no I want custody of our daughter. And she's like, you're never even home. You don't even talk to our kid. Why do you want our kid? Which I agree. It seems like the dad just wants to keep the kids to screw over the partner kind Mm. of situation. He doesn't become the best dad till the end. That's the train to redemption. Right. He is kind of that father who is all about work doesn't really give a shit about stereotypical his stereotype yeah that's the one thing i've always told you i never want to become ever i don't I see either of us doing that because we're both very quick to be like fuck that place i'll get another job i've seen things happen in the seven eight years that i've been in my industry and work the company as much as they'll say they care about you will never care about you as much as they say they do i think that's why christopher robin hit me hard as fuck because that movie made me cry so much, and I was like, why? It's literally about winning the poop. But you did not cry once at our fucking wedding. I want a divorce. 
<laughs> it wasn't about being depressed. Our wedding was about being happy. Chris and Robin make It's me... like that TikTok we saw that the wife's about to walk down the aisle and she chooses the Avengers song to walk down the aisle to. And, I was like, and oh they're like, what the hell? She's like, I need to make sure he would cry. <laughs> I told you. And I was like, like I should have done, done that. that. Yeah, I would have cried. My mistake. Chris and Robin. Have you seen it? Oh, it's not even like that's sad. It's literally that Christopher Robin grew up and became the dad in this movie. And he's like, fuck everything. And it's all about his job. And Winnie the Pooh comes back in his adulthood and is like, hey, we need help in the Hundred Acre Woods. And he's like, you're literally a bear. Fuck off. And Winnie the Pooh's like, what? What I'm saying is I'll never... Be that person. Yeah. So Suan is calling her mom, saying, like, I want to go back to Busan with you. I'll go alone. He walks in on her doing this. He's like, no. Well, let's go next week. She's like, that's what you always say. And you never got time. And he's like, well... I do have time. It's your birthday. Here's a present. <laughs> she opens it. This is, scene is hilarious. It's funny. She opens up the box and it's a Wii. And she literally has. <laughs> a Wii in a box and an open Wii on the table. Installed already. <laughs> She's like, thanks. After this awkward encounter where she keeps just asking to go with her mom, he kind of agrees to it. Because then he's later talking to his mom who's babysitting her. And this mom is very typical. I don't know if this is like correct to say but i feel like every minority culture has dynamics that are very similar because you know where the u.s is an individualistic culture we're a collective culture where we focus a lot on family so it's Mm. like even though we're not asian so many themes in like asian films centered around family i'm like that'd be a mexican mom my mom would say the same thing (laughs) so i feel like they have kind of that talk take care of your daughter but also like try to fix your marriage why are you always busy i guess you know best at the end of the day she shows him this video from his daughter's recital where she starts to sing a song and she can't finish singing the song because while her grandmother is there her dad's not there to support her sad for a kid yeah he's driving with her trying to catch up says oh hey why didn't you finish that song you should always finish everything that you start right at this moment we get the typical end of the world scene where suddenly something chaotic happens while driving they get stopped by a bunch of fire trucks and ambulances They're like oh crap i got real scared She sticks her hand out the window and starts to feel like ash falling from the sky. They get to the train station. The military is all around, but the station itself isn't as chaotic as it could be in a situation like this. get introduced to a lot of the different characters who are going to play a role in this Mm -hmm. movie, like the baseball team, the pregnant couple, right? The older ladies who are sisters. The sisters. The rich piece of shit dude Uh, the worst human being on the face of this planet the girl notices as the train is taken off that one of the attendants gets attacked by somebody Mm -hmm. and she turns around to look at her dad and is like what the fuck the dad's just like on the phone phone. this little girl's way more observant than her father we get the scene of the woman quickly sneaking onto the train and she is injured by the leg she has snuck onto the bathroom and is trying to tourniquet her tourniquet leg. her leg i don't know what she meant to accomplish with this stop the blood from getting to the rest of her at this point they don't know that this is a zombie thing so maybe she yeah. just got bit and was like trying to stop the maybe blood she's seen out. a zombie movie <laughs> yeah. maybe zombie movies exist in this universe who knows? When she becomes infected, she has like great body acting skills. She's literally like slamming herself into walls and things like that. So a great stunt double. This is kind of happening simultaneously because you see that the girl goes into the bathroom. These attendants, they knock on the door and it's a homeless man who's just like freaking out. He's like, all oh, the people are dead. So the rich guy's name is Yun Suk. He is also looking to these bathrooms. So An got up to use the bathroom. Yon Suk is behind her and is like, if you don't finish school, you're going to end up like him. She's like, my mom says that people who say that are bad people. And he's like, well, your mom probably didn't finish school then. Asshole. Yeah, way to talk shit about a kid's mom in front of them. But I like how she called it from the beginning. She's like, you are not a good person. Mm -hmm. The people are noticing that on the news in the train, there are reports of riots and chaos happening all around Korea. The dad is kind of like is happening so he goes and looks because he notices that suan has gotten up okay but he only wakes up because he got a word call worst parent <laughs> ever what's interesting about these sequences is like you kind of don't know which cart the characters are in and which characters are interacting with who like you have a character open a door and it turns out they're in a different cart so that's why like these sequences is a little confusing but we do get back to the young woman who's infected attacking one of the attendants you don't even see the attack the next scene we get is the baseball team where they're making fun of jin hee 
because she has a crush on this guy like openly and everyone's into her and for some reason this guy is just like so embarrassed that she's like admitted that she has a crush on him do you get his name his name is young gook he was in person yes well the attendant crashes in with the infected woman literally on her back piggyback style (laughs) into their cart yes eating her and this is kind of when chaos ensues immediately this attendant who got literally a chunk of her neck bit off immediately she changes and starts attacking the rest of the baseball team my favorite thing about this is that these kids are portrayed as being so like young and badass that they just beat off the zombies with baseball bats and a lot of them survive at first yeah well they got weapons in their cart yeah that puts them in a better huge advantage than the rest of them yeah the dad sees the zombies running because everybody's like run this is that world war z effect where the zombies are running so hard that they start to pile on top of each other inside the train and that's what i find like more terrifying the runners that just don't give a fuck and just throw themselves at things yes these zombies are scarier to me than the slow zombies. What I like about this one, though, is I liked the makeup they done on them. Because I think it would be more, you know, with Dawn of the Dead, them being blue. I get it. Like, when you die, your skin goes cold and things mm. like that. But these look, like, legitimately infected. Their veins cover their face. Their eyes change white. I don't remember how the zombies in World War Z look. Are they similar to this design? I don't remember either. I don't know why I want to say they look like the ones from I Am Legend. <laughs> if oh. those are even zombies. Pretty sure. That might have to call those infected. I don't know if they'd call them in zombies. Are we splitting like hairs a here? Word line, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's people who like really care about that. Oh, there's you know, whole like, debate. Those aren't zombies. They're infected people. It's like, okay, what's the difference? We're not zombies. We're just infected with COVID. Well, it's like, kind of like <laughs> the, the 28 Days Later ones didn't necessarily eat flesh. They just hated, like, their rage virus made you attack and kill versus eat. And these definitely took a chunk out of people. So we're just going to keep calling him the dad, I guess. Siaku? Yes. He finally does find his daughter. He finds her as he's literally witnessing people getting eaten, picks her up and runs back to their cart. Sanghua notices that the guy's running and that the zombies are behind them. And he's like, we need to go. While his wife, Seung Kyung, runs, fights them off. He's such a badass. He's just a oh, beast. Straight up character. punching zombies in the face, grabbing them. And he doesn't do this till later, but he grabs one and throws it into the ceiling. He does like... this quite a few times. <laughs> he literally just grabs people and throws them off stuff. I'm like, okay, Jason, boy. <laughs> yeah. They get to the back cart. Young Suk is telling them to shut the door. And Seok closes the door last minute. On a on pregnant them. woman. Yeah. They open it, they get in. Sanghua is like, hey, can you help me, dude? Because he's holding the door. Seok is like, let go. I think that they only attack us because they can see us. Seung Kyung is like, okay, I'm going to grab water and grab his newspaper quickly. These two characters are like my favorite because they're so resourceful and they're so awesome. I love them so much. Like, I wish they were the ones I made it in the end, honestly. Even though... I mean, she does. She does. She does. But even though, like, the story is based around Suan and her dad, mm, no, I'd rather have the other one. Yeah. (laughs) So Seung Kyung grabs the water, grabs the newspapers, puts the newspaper on the wall and then just covers it up. And so the zombies kind of stop in the background. You don't see them anymore. Sanghua is like... What the hell is your problem, dude? You literally closed the door on our face. On a pregnant woman, I should feed you to them. And he grabs him by the shirt. His wife is like, stop. Everyone's scared. No one knows what to do. I think if I was that pregnant woman, I would have been pissed. I would have been like, yeah, kick his ass. (laughs) You know you can. (laughs) You literally just threw people off of here. Well, not yet. I don't think he's body slammed people into the ceiling just yet. So amidst the chaos, Siokou gets a call from his mom. She's kind of panicking and she's like, what's happening on the news? She's also making strange noises. So she's become infected. Kind of like classic mom. (laughs) Guilt trips him. I was confused by the way she talks. Oh my god, it was so strange. Like in the first scene, she's talking about how she wants him to make up with his wife. But then she turns into a toxic (laughs) mother-in-law. And is like, I love my grandkids so much, but all she cared about was her mom. Like, yes! That bitch! That bitch! And that's how she died. (laughs) I thought he was calling that little girl a bitch. That's true. It's unclear. But she tells him, like, you need to take care of your kid because you're a bad freaking dad. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, I'm a zombie. (laughs) Yeah. On the phone. Yeah, so he cries. We get this news flash from the televisions on the train that... 
Your government has everything under control. Your safety is not in jeopardy. Just stay in your homes and you'll be fine. The rapid response from the government has helped us contain this. People are on YouTube and seeing literal attacks of people, which is, again, very reminiscent of what we saw in the past year, where people would say things are okay, but we're literally seeing Including things. people getting thrown off helicopters and landing on cars. Oh then, my then god. Attacking. Yeah, that was intense. <laughs> In real life. In real life. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. In real life, it was real intense to see people literally rip each other's hair out for toilet paper. And they weren't even zombies. Yeah, so the government's like, trust us, we're great. Fans over a city on fire. We're doing amazing. But Sue Ann gives her seat to the older lady. He's pissed because he's like, don't do that. Don't be nice to people. Don't be overly nice. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, in situations like this, you have to look out for yourself. And she's like, that's what you do. That's why mom left you. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Damn, dude. Got like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I knew Hyping it. her up in the background. <laughs> yeah. He's literally listening to this conversation and thinking like, wow, you have a good kid and you're a piece of shit. Well, I don't blame him. No. I told you that this guy reminds me so much of your uncle. He does. If your Tia Ale is listening to this, this character reminds me of your husband. <laughs> tio, tio Jose. My Tio Jose, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. Not to say this in a mean way, but I told you they're like the only characters that are like likable. We've watched a lot of movies now about... Families getting haunted about people trying to survive the apocalypse. And there is always like super cheesy dialogue that you're like, what the hell is this even about? This movie does a way better job of making you care for the characters. Yeah, because in just the way that they talk, you get a lot of backstory. It's genuine. Like the two older women fighting. The awkward teenagers who have crushes on each other and can't deal with it. Or this like young couple that's like starting a family. I don't understand how other movies have failed so bad at this. It's just trying too hard. I think so. They try to like force that cheesy dialogue in there. And this is just like where you show clips of people's lives and you're like that's so relatable you have sisters family members who remind you of these people Mm. the conductor says that the city de jean is the next stop they're not stopping anywhere else until they get there because some of the other stops are not safe the dad walks away it seems like he's gonna get on a phone call sanghua and sung kyung are like is that your dad and she's like yeah (laughs) he's like is that your real dad and then and she's the like punching mom's him. Mom's like punching him, yeah. And he's like, I want to know. What does he do for a living? And she's like, he's a fund manager. And he's like, oh, that's why. It makes sense. Yeah. He uses people for money. And that's why he's so heartless. This is where I was saying that because we are introduced to the character Yeon Suk, who's this rich man who like doesn't give a shit about anybody on this train. Mm-hmm. We quickly find out in the later parts of this. Or he later literally treats everyone like they're customer service workers. Maybe what the film was trying to do was say that Suk was on his way to becoming that man he was on his way to being that heartless like i don't give a shit about anybody else i'm just worried about me and this film was a way to be like no don't be that way and it gave sick this redemption to not become the villain really of this film maybe if we were more clever on the first time watching it we would have noticed it but i i also noticed that on the second i was like oh that's like you will become this man warning they talk about the baby a little bit Sangkwa is too lazy to name his kid, so they nickname him Sleepy, which is, I think it's cute. Sukwoo is talking to his coworker and is like, hey, is there anybody at Dijon? Is it safe? And the guy's like, you'll be quarantined. But I'm with my daughter. And he's like, I'll talk to my man and see if I can send somebody out there to pick you up. Does he, the homeless man have a name? Feels rude to keep calling him the homeless man. So just FYI, we looked it up and the character does not have a name. He's literally listed as homeless man. He overhears this conversation and follows him off the train. Now, as they're all getting off the train, it's eerily quiet. There's no military. Young Suk is on the phone with somebody and is asking about how Dejong is doing. He like runs to the conductor mm-hmm. and is like, hey, we can't stop here. We this should is- go straight to Busan. And he's trying to convince him to just take off right then and there before they even leave the platform with just him on the train. Idiot. Hate him. Yeah. So the conductor <laughs> is getting told by the, the attendant, like when you're walking at the zoo and they're like, so this is the train where all the zombies are. And the guy's like, oh, what the fuck? This is what's happening. He's like, I did realize there was violence on the train, but... I didn't know that it was this. I don't know it was this bad. Sanghua is very observant of Siuk and Suan because he notices that although everybody's walking toward the main exit, he notices that they're veering off to the side. When they're going down the stairway, Sanghua also notices there's like riot gear on the ground covered in blood. He's suspicious. The homeless man is like, I'm coming with you. And he sees that somebody's in the distance down the hallway and is like, hey. And he runs in front of Siuk. And Siuk's like, oh, good. Thank God. All at the same time, the group gets to the bottom of the stairs. It looks like people are just like 
holding back a line in of uniform yeah they turn around and it's all zombies and they run up the stairs and everybody's like fuck don't take the escalator during a zombie apocalypse ever was the escalator in here yeah they're like going down the escalator and then he has to like throw his pregnant wife onto the stairs oh, and then jump right. over <laughs> which is just not a good idea no there's a lot of things in here that i was like is that something you can do while pregnant like the running and the fighting these are all things that seem bad for the baby to be tussled around this much maybe pregnant women are portrayed as weaker than they are and they're literally growing a human body and maybe they got super strength i've never you've never been pregnant no i've never been pregnant you didn't birth loki i didn't i had a baby before though oh yeah Yeah. from maybe psych psych (laughs) in high school where everyone has those fake babies you have to feed it at night and shit so when the homeless man does say hey to the guy that's waiting at the end of the hallway the dad gets a call from his friend he's like hey what's going on i can't contact my men and that's when he realizes Oh, shit. And the guy who is walking towards them is like, please help me. Zombies just come around the corner and attack them and they all run. I thought at this point that the homeless man was dead. Like, I was like, there's no way he's surviving this because he was in front. Way in front. Yep. So he runs back to Suen. Sees that a zombie in slow motion is about to attack her. She turns around and Sanghua just out of nowhere elbows the fuck out of it and picks her up and they take her with them. Love this scene. (laughs) It's almost like they realize her dad is super fucking shitty. We should be responsible for this child. Yeah. Good for them. And they just leave (laughs) him there. Good for them. Yeah. So he runs, gets attacked by another zombie and is being thrown onto the ground. He grabs a book nearby and puts it in its mouth to stop it, which not a bad idea. But the homeless man comes out of nowhere and like covers its face with a jacket and then continues to run. The sports team and Sanghua are holding the doors and trying to say like, hey, come on, hurry up. The remaining survivors are making their way back to the train. At this point, the conductor is there waiting for them. So much happens here where groups of people that are together get separated. People that were originally on the train trapped as the undead. Somebody opens them and they're all running out towards the living. Meanwhile, the military is also coming out from the station. From the ceiling. From the glass from second the floor. From the gods. Yeah. <laughs> Just jumping onto the train. Most of the people make it. Youngook is the last remaining sports guy, right? They held the doors and the zombies had broken through at this point and as they're making their way down back to the platform the remaining baseball team gets eaten and he is like so surprised but then sanghua is like hey idiot hey get idiot up. come on which yeah. is like his signature like just calling everyone an idiot and an asshole kicks their butts into gear oh my god this guy's like captain america in this scene sanghua's last one who hasn't gotten on but he veers to the left and you're like what the hell what's he doing he picks up right gear and then just Captain America tackles a couple of them away from the train because they're coming from the opposite direction. And then he finally jumps in. He asks about that other guy's profession. I want to know his profession. Is he an MMA fighter? And you're like, no, he used to be an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. He does make it onto the train eventually, though. It stressed me out that they didn't close the door right after. I was like, why? But I guess the train's the going train's super fast really at fast. that point. These zombies are pretty fast. They're literally crashing from airplanes, you know? They don't care. Crashing from airplanes is not that they're fast. They just know how to fall. But then they, like, pile on top of each other's bodies. Which I feel like just slows them Horrifying monster. Yeah. It's like a wave. This is a true horde. Young Gook and Jinhee. Yes. Are on the phone with each other? Yes, I think so. They tell each other, we're on cart 15. Sanghua looks up and they're in cart 9 and they're like, fuck. Jinhee is in the cart where everyone else is. Dead. His wife is in another cart on the way back. I think they're like 12 or 13. And so they wrap their arms, which is intelligent, because that way they can't bite you. They don't wrap all the way around, though. They just wrap they their forearms. They don't, which is where they mess up. And they're like, fuck it, we're just going to go and uh, take these zombies on. And the husband's like, I'm going in the front. Young Gook, you're going in the middle. Sook, you're going in the back. Husband's a beast he runs in there just straight up wrecking everybody in sight just punching away at his problems snapping necks punching people in the mouth young gook is also like hitting zombies in the teeth and bashing heads in sook woo has the riot gear with him so they're all pretty geared up to take these zombies on but i feel like this is the most stressful moment these next scenes where we find out that these zombies if they can't see you they can't know you're there. So they pass through a tunnel and they notice that they completely freeze because they have no idea where their victims are. And then I believe one of them hits the baseball bat like away from them. The horde kind of follows the sound. And now that we've learned this, this kind of happens throughout every cart. There are several tunnels along the way. Yes, <laughs> which is What's like that? so stressful. Could you imagine like going through this and then you're out of the tunnel way too fast, which does happen, which does happen. in a couple yeah. scenes here. They do find the wife and Suan in the bathroom. While this is going on, Jinhee, because she has gotten a text from the survivors, is like, hey, they're alive. We got to let them in. This scene bothered me so much. 
the worst freaking asshole of this movie dictates so much of what happens with this group. And I just don't understand that because society is crumbling. Your social class means absolutely nothing right now. Why do so many people listen to him? It's that mob mentality. Everyone is scared. No one knows what's going on. He kind of plays into that and is the only one that takes initiative to be like, if they've survived all these carts, then they obviously have to be infected. No, we're not letting them in. They've got to be infected. There's no way that they've survived. I don't understand that entire tactic this whole movie because the guy the whole time is like, they're infected. But it's like, they have seen themselves time and time again that the zombies turn pretty quickly. And it's visible. You can see the veins. You can see the eyes. It's not hard to tell if you're infected or not. (laughs) But, you know, hysteria. He uses it to his advantage. The thing that like also really bothers me is the way he treats this young woman character. He pushes her, shoves her, and then later on literally sacrifices her like she's a pawn. It's just like really weird to me. Again, I don't know how their culture is, but it seems very machista like our culture. You know, we're like, you're a young woman, shut the hell up. An older man is talking. Yeah, it's probably just like the the elderly are... Like respect. Smarter, but they don't do the same thing for the sisters. They kind of leave them alone, though, because they're older. They kind of, like, don't bother them. Bother them. That's true. They let the one sister get close to the door. And not say anything. And not say anything. And Well, until... It's too late. He says something, yeah. Because he's a dick. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got to watch his back like that. Something I wanted to mention about that, though, is this man is being freaking awful, but I bet you one punch to the freaking face and he would have shut the hell up. I told you about this when they finally make it to the cart. All those people that are in there that are like, get out of here, fuck you, you guys are infected, get out. They're panning the camera around the room and I'm like, fuck that guy, fuck this guy, fuck that one. None of these people would stop us at all. We've literally made it through zombies. And we kind of skipped over this part, but we should go back to it. Y'all lucky that the personal trainer dude didn't make it because he would have beat all of y'all asses. Seriously, he would have wrecked the rich dude. Oh, and I wanted him to. (laughs) That's the ending I wanted. I was so mad when San Juan dies. That's the next scene. They're literally one cart away from making it. They have literally been barricaded out by the rest of the surviving passengers. And they're trying to fight their way in. Meanwhile, Sanghua and Sook are trying to hold the zombies back. Sanghua has got his hand on the door. Sook is beating at them with the bat. Young Gook is the one who's bashing the door in because he's like, break it, just break the door down. Sanghua gets bit on the hand. One of the zombies falls to the ground and then just quickly raises itself up because he switches grip. Bad idea, friend of mine. Me and him go way back. Yeah. I feel like he's my friend and I'm winning. You never know. met him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool effect though, the way the zombie rockets up. This is a really sad scene. He turns to Sook and he's like, take my wife. The wife is making her way over there because she realizes it's bad and she kind of wants to be with him. And he's like, take her away from here. Take Take care of her. He has to make the decision to leave him there to save his wife and child. And we get the super sad scene where he finally names their baby, which I didn't really catch the name of because I was just like, why? (laughs) I know. I was so pissed. He's the best character. (laughs) This always happens though, doesn't it? Where like the really good character or the really cool character gets killed. killed. It's kind of like 28 weeks later when I told you that I was pissed Hawkeye dies. Mm -hmm. There's like no need for him to die, but he does. Or they sacrifice themselves for the main character, which like... I don't know why this is like a trope in films now where they write side characters so much better and yeah. likable than the main characters. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. The first time I watched this, I do remember being like, fuck the dead. I don't even give a yeah, shit about I don't about give a that. shit about him, yeah. At this point, while Sook has kind of like redeemed himself a little bit, he has helped. You were brutal against him the first time we watched this. Oh, I hated him. Because I, I told you, I was him. like, he redeems himself at the end. You're like, no, he was trashed the whole way. Okay, because like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not gonna root for someone who in a crisis redeems themselves as a human being versus someone who is just a good fucking person at the beginning of the crisis. Like someone. Like, yes, like him. Or at least decent enough to know that even though this man is not great, his daughter doesn't deserve to suffer for his crimes and protects her. You know, like, he mm-hmm. has better judgment than Suan's father at this point. That's why I think that watching it the second time around and putting the narrative to that, this is because you could have been this rich man. You've realized that you've been shitty all your life. You shouldn't end up like this guy. You oh, also yeah. are realizing, like, oh, no, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, he doesn't start off as your typical, like, hero, yeah. for sure. The sister of the other older lady is in the group that's saying, like, no, don't come in. She's obviously not a part of it. She wants her sister to come in because she's with Siok and Sanghua. When the zombies do make their way, her sister basically gets eaten and yes. becomes a zombie. Did you eventually make it to the cart with the remainder of the survivors? Sook attacks Yan Sook and is like, fuck you, what the hell is your problem? It's Leaving your fault. Leaving us out there. Yeah, you literally killed all of them. We could have saved everyone. The guy's like, you're infected! Look at his eyes! 
And his eyes are literally normal. <laughs> Same color as everyone else's eyes. <laughs> and I don't understand. Anyway, whatever. We've already griped about the people being idiots. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you're dangerous. Get out of here. And they send them to the back. In the process, the other sister's looking at her zombie sister. The whole problem with this movie has been that Sook was growing up to be a selfish person. So there's this whole theme that should you be good, should you be selfish? If you're selfish, you end up like Yan Suk. If you're not selfish, you end up nice like Sanghua, Suan, and some of the other characters. But then you get the opposite with the sisters who, as she's talking and seeing her zombie sister, she's like, why would you do this? You've always been selfless. You always look out for others and you've never thought about yourself and you got yourself killed. So it's kind of like a fight between what's right and what's wrong. It's right? like this film is trying to say like it doesn't matter. Chance is what's gonna decide for you. People recently have been saying like what makes you decide to want to stay alive during the zombie apocalypse? Like why do you want to live that badly? And I've seen so many like could be that this generation's just depressed and they're just like no thank you it's not great to begin with she opens the door after saying that monologue of what you said you don't know if you're supposed to be selfless or selfish during the zombie apocalypse and unfortunately i think the selfish ones are the ones that make it further it's a sad monologue i put lol you laughed at it (laughs) well i laughed because she opens the door on them right before she opens the door she's like thanks for everything including murdering these shitty people kill that guy in particular yeah i mean which she doesn't do sad face I told you it wouldn't make sense because he was the closest one to her, and I feel like the horde would have gotten to him yeah, before anyone no else. Yeah, no way he's arrived, but he no. hides in the bathroom, which we find out later. We think he's dead. We do think they're all dead. I think if I was an older woman and have like lived my life, and like, you just throw yourself at them. And my sister is also an older woman who's lived her life, and she turned into a zombie. I'd be like, you know what? This is a good time to peace out. <laughs> Eat my zombies, though. I know that's like the way to go out. So, like, what? If it's fast enough, I guess. I was gonna say you transform so fast, but you still have to get bitten and ripped apart in some form or fashion. If it was like okay at the end, because so gets bitten on the hand, you know, it's not too bad. But if it's like your neck. Gets ripped out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that hurts. It'd be fast, though, I think. If someone ripped out your neck, you'd be gone. Mm, well, no. there are studies that say that the human brain lasts, which is horrifying. I hope I never figure this out. Well, isn't that what zombies are? Is that the brain is still working? Yeah, but like after like death now, it's still like eight seconds or something that your brain is... No, isn't it longer? No, I hope it's not longer. I it was like five minutes. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, because I used to read this in like when they would talk about beheadings and that the head would still kind of be twitching and stuff Absolutely like that. Absolutely not. No, thank you. I'm just literally typing in. How long is the head alive after decapitation? <laughs> and then the FBI is going to yeah. swarm in. 15 to 20 seconds. That's still way too fucking long. It remains conscious. I hate it. I hate knowing that fact now. This was proven from a scientist condemned to the guillotine in the 1700s. Huh. So she basically decides to ruin everyone's fucking life and murder them. I feel like we've been talking about this lady opening oh, the Because door I think it's kind of badass. She's just She's like, da 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 da. No, actually, we're already past that. They're dead. They're fucking dead. Sook gets a call from his coworker and is like, the company that he was managing was the one that the outbreak started at. His assistant is like, is it our fault that this all happened? Sook has a moment of realization of like, if it is, if it isn't, this shit's fucked up and it's my fault. Is this symbolic? Because he goes to the bathroom and he washes his hands immediately and starts to cry. And I'm like, is this like one of those, I washed my hands, pointiest pilot, didn't send Jesus to the cross situations where it could be my fault, might not be, but I'm gonna wash my hands just in case. Yeah, and you impressed re- me with your knowledge of the Bible because I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that fucking thing? What the fuck is that story? I don't know that story. Pointiest pilot? I did not know that story. You didn't? No, I You've don't. never seen The Passion of the Christ? I was, first of all, way too young when my parents let me watch that movie. That movie's that so movie sad. Should just be called Catholic Guilt, the movie by Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) The train finally stops. The conductor realizes that they're closer to Busan, but it looks like a train has toppled over the tracks. And so they're like, hey, we're going to have to find another train nearby that has a direct path over to Busan. If you can make it, follow me. If you want to wait here and see if we get rescued, go for it. You can follow if you want. As he's announcing that on the train, we find out that Young Suck is still alive with one of the attendings because they locked themselves in the bathroom. They decide to get out there. They start running. The conductor is such a badass too. Like, this guy's still wearing his uniform. I'd have been naked day one. I'd been like, oh, shit's going down. All right, I'm getting undressed right now. (laughs) You're literally like, oh, nothing's going down. I'm going to be naked. (laughs) He's still like, I'm going to go find the train. Sneaking around, taking on zombies. And gets fucked up by Young and Suck for trying to save him. As they are making their way to the other train and we find out that young suck is still alive he 
Literally, these last 30 minutes just sacrifices everyone to zombies. Yep, everybody. All of them could have made it. That's the point. I think you're supposed to hate him so much and like... Because he's such a weasel. He literally like sacrifices the attendant. There's no one out there. <laughs> Go check. Suspicious as fuck. Don't believe him. You've seen how he's treated everyone the Honestly, entire time. This is their fault too for just being like... Trusting. Trusting of this guy, yeah. Yeah, no. The remaining survivors are pinned between two trains on the tracks. Jinhee and Youngkook kind of get separated from the group and are trying to make their way back to them crashing through another train as that happens the true villain of this film literally grabs Jinhee and throws her at another zombie while her boyfriend not boyfriend's back is turned because he's a fucking coward that's it for her and he continues to try to break through the train what they started working on he like breaks through and makes it we get the super sad scene because I gotta say super sad at least once per episode so sad so sad, yeah. Maybe that film has, like, been ingrained in my personality. I just gotta say everything's so sad. The young couple kind of dies where he's holding her, and as she turns into a zombie, this poor freaking kid, he just keeps apologizing because everyone's dying around him, and it's, like, not his fault at all. But he keeps saying he's sorry. He holds her until she becomes a zombie, and then he just lets her eat him. Yeah, she just gives him the biggest hickey he could have ever gotten in all of his lifetime. Gross. Down to the bone. Yeah, moral reason to hate this asshole. And then we go back to... The homeless man, Seung Kyung, Suen, and Suk. They're under the trains that flipped over, but there's a shit ton of zombies inside of the train that are trying to crash through the glass. They're pressed for time to get the hell out of there. Suk gets out somehow. A tank falls in the way of where he got out from, and so he's trying his best to pull the tank out the way. Some zombies fall through the glass, and the homeless man, this is probably what the film meant to do, is that like you have little faith in the homeless man surviving, and even becomes a hero himself. The only thing that I like see strange about this is that it seems like he was out for himself the entire time until the end. You don't want to be as shitty as the rich guy. Here's the level of shittiness we can achieve. Let's not be that. And so the homeless man, I think, has his own form of redemption in saving Sung Kyung and Suan because he grabs a pipe. Holds the zombies off. Obviously gets eaten. The remaining zombies on that train just crash through the glass. They collapse on him in like a very horde fashion. I think it's a cool shot. It's absolutely terrifying. Mm -hmm. Very claustrophobic. So he tries to make it there without the conductor. He's just decided that he knows how to drive a train at this point. Sure. Off screen, right? Because we don't really see him ever again. You don't because it's a, like a surprise reveal towards the end where... They do make it onto the train. They're followed by that tale of zombies. When Sook and gang make it to the train, they get on top and Sook's trying to like kick them off. <laughs> they create this like raft of zombies. On like the a, back veil. Of <laughs> a veil. A veil. A veil of zombies. As a surprise reveal, once the tale of zombies has been taken care of, they go to the front cart and they realize that Yan Sook has made it onto the train, but he is a zombie at this point. But he doesn't even realize himself that he's a zombie. It's not clear yet because he's not said a word until everyone backs away. He's just like, I'm afraid. I'm trying to get to my mom. Help me. And the guy's like, you're infected. And he's like, what? And he's like, you know what? I'm starving, actually. You're so right. And he tries to attack them. I think at this point, they wanted us to feel a little bit sorry for him. Fuck no. But fuck no, man. You about old as hell. Your mama about old as hell. And you literally killing Your children. Your mama dead, boy. Where Your you mama going? probably already did. Because she probably shitty like you. You and, got it from somewhere. And you're literally trying to kill children, young people, and pregnant women. To survive Please with your die. old ass. We hate you. Please that. Like, I do not feel sorry for you. Are we assholes? Maybe. No. He did not have redemption in this <laughs> film at all. There is a final showdown. Yeah. For some reason, this zombie is stronger than all the rest that they've ever faced. Again, this wouldn't be a problem if Sun Quan survived. In the final showdown, Sukwu ends up getting bitten by the character we've come to know and love as the rich asshole. He does eventually get the rich asshole off the train. Being infected, he's like, hey guys, go to the conductor's cabin. And so traumatic for Suan because she's crying and she's like, no, because she knows what's happening. Mm -hmm. And Sun Kyung is like also familiar because her husband literally died the same way. He's like, look, I love you. I'm sorry for having been shitty. And she's like, no, please stay. And he's like, I can't. He takes himself outside, closes the door. Sun Kyung is holding her back. 
He walks back to the train. This was like the essence of the acting capability of these actors. It's like a super heartfelt moment. It I, is. I was really sad for it. Especially the first time we watched it. I was like, God damn it. It got you? I think the first time we watched it. Now, like, when you know what's going to happen, you're like, oh, yeah, this sucks. I don't want to remember that this is how it ended. Because it's so sad. He, like, goes it to the back sad. and he's turning. His face is veiny. His eyes have turned. It makes me wonder if, like, other characters felt this, too, when they died. Because what it basically does is almost that whole thing of your whole life flashes before your eyes. But in this case, it's the happiest moment of his life when she was born. And he holds her. And he's smiling. He's a zombie. And he smiles. And creepy looking. Creepy, yeah, but it's, it makes you feel good because you're like, he, at least he was happy and thought of this very happy moment before he killed himself because he throws himself off the end of the train. And they don't show it. They hint it in like the shadows of the scene. But again, oh, that was the happiest moment of your life, but you were a shitty dad yeah. for the rest of her life? I think what it's meant to say is that he wasn't always bad. But yeah. he became bad. This corporate life will destroy you. Kinda. Yeah. No, it's, it's something that I think definitely plays into people's lives. Me oh, being yeah. in corporate America for a while, it's like, there are people who definitely care more about work than home. In the pandemic, even. Yeah. Or like, I want to go back to work because I can't stand my family. I can't wait to get home and see you and see Loki. Like, at what point do you ever go to work and are like, fuck it, I'm so happy to be here because I can't stand my family. Like, that the is moment you wild hit that point, me. you need to figure out what the fuck to do because that's not okay. That's how people end up being like family annihilators and shit. Yeah, that's how people end up being pieces of shit like in this movie. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he's like, I want to see my mom's like, oh, do you? That's what everyone else wanted to do. And you literally <laughs> shoved them into zombies. Yeah. Hope yeah. someone shoved your mom into a zombie the way you were acting. <laughs> Be karma. Shitty people never get karma. There's an alternate ending and it's like Sanghua just going to this guy's mom's house and she's not even dead yet. Just because body she, slams her. Because he legit gives them his address in the end and I'm like, rob him. <laughs> You're such a dick. We are left with the final survivors of this movie. Song Kyung and Suhan are making their way through a barricade and tunnel at the end of the train tracks because the military thinks that they are infected. They call them boogeymen in a sense. They saw Mike Myers coming out of the tunnel. They are making their way through the tunnel and they are unsure if they are infected or not. They get the command basically that it's better to kill them than to wait to identify if they're infected or not. At that moment, Suan decides that she's going to finish singing the song that she didn't finish singing at the recital. And that is how the military then finds out that they are alive. And rushes out to meet them. And then we roll credits. I also realized that it's the same song from Lilo and Stitch, which is just a sad song. Until Ohana. we meet again. Ohana means family. Ohana means... I think if she said that, they would have gotten a copyright strike. Never getting left behind. And honestly, they left everyone behind. <laughs> Not on purpose. Yunsuk's just a piece of shit and doesn't know what Ohana means. I think so many people would have survived if it weren't for him. Yeah, truly. So many. So many. But it's also some of the people's fault for believing him. It's what you get. For believing mob mentality. Yep. So moral of the story. It's like, don't be a don't follow the rich. Because the rich probably have a limo. If you're so rich, why you want to train? For real. Where's your private car? Your private helicopter, like in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. This train reminded me like of a bougier version of the metro. It reminded me of the bullet trains from Japan. Japan also has a bullet train. Yeah. Apparently our system is like super outdated and terrible. We have no bullet trains like they do over there. What the fuck? Yeah. Because the U.S. wants you to invest more in vehicles than they do in public transportation. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. Yesi taught me that Mm. in her urban studies and planning. But it's bad because it causes way more pollution. But that's the end of the movie. Even though like all the best characters die, I really like this movie. It's one of my favorites in this zombie genre. You know how I said that 28 Days might be my favorite? No, I think it's this one. I think Mm. it's Train to Busan. I do like Zombieland a lot though because it's a comedy and then I do love Shaun of the Dead. Okay, it's tied. It's tied between Shaun of the Dead and Train to Busan. Train to Busan's awesome. I love this movie. I hadn't seen it until this past year. Mm. This one was definitely a new favorite. So I would rate it a 9 out of 10 because the best character dies. That's why you hate love that. it. And and honestly, that villain lives on for way too long. It makes you hate him all the way till the end. He killed so many people. It keeps you invested because you're like, I want to see that guy gone. And I would still say that the main character, even though he does have a redemption, is seriously unlikable for a good portion of this movie. Look, he was unlikable the first time. The second time, I liked him a little bit. Yeah. Especially so, with the way he gets his death scene. It's like him being like, yeah, no, I was, that was a piece yeah, of Yeah, no. Yeah. So what would you rate it? I'd give it a nine and a half, yeah. Ooh, these are your highest rated movies so far. Zombie movies are my thing. Yeah, it is your jam. That and anthologies. So what scared Loki? Not a fan of the siren sounds in the mm. beginning of the film. It seems like Loki has a history of being in a state of alert at the beginning of movies like this. 
And then as the movie continues, he's like, all right, cool. So a constant state of panic is just our general vibe. I'm going to chill out now. So this is what we're doing. Yeah. Because then he just napped the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think he gets freaked out at first because he's also still trying to get our attention. Kind of like, don't watch the movie and let's go do something. But then he's like, oh, you're going to watch the movie? Okay, I'll go to sleep. He watches sometimes too. Sometimes. It depends on the movies. If there's animals, he's fascinated. The, the deer at the beginning. The deer, yeah. yeah. You want to tell us about it, Loki? All right, we'll try to watch more animal movies. <laughs> we could watch The Birds at some point. You know, I've never seen The Birds, and I hate birds you so really do. much. You really do be hating birds. Isn't there a movie The Rats, too? Is there? I don't know. I remember growing up and seeing a movie about killer rats. It's a new one to me. There's a Bats one, too, right? I don't know. Like a classic, like old... Yeah, like I saw these when I was a kid, yeah. So maybe I'll enjoy those. More animals means more fun for Loki. Yeah, I wonder how those movies hold up over time with the effects and stuff. Again, I've never seen the birds. Also to note, what I looked up in fun facts was that James Wan was in talks to recreate this film for American audiences, which I find completely unnecessary. Please stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Can we sign a petition to not do it? This movie is great on its own. I I really hate that. I really hate that American directors feel the need to recreate foreign films. Like, no, just watch the foreign film. It was fine. Don't do it. Yeah, if it was so successful, it was for a reason. You don't need American actors in this film to make it like American. Like, I want to see Peninsula, which is the sequel. And then I heard there was an animated... I think I saw that it came out like not that long after this one premiered. Peninsula so or the animated one? The animated one. Oh, okay, so it might be in between yeah. this Peninsula. Okay. Peninsula's premise is supposed to be that all of Korea is now infected and the entire nation has been quarantined and has been considered a lost cause. Yeah, is there anything else? I wanted to mention, since we brought up James Wayne, we watched Malignant and we will talk about it on creepy content next week we got opinions <laughs> i feel like we're always behind so i feel like we have to say we watched it we'll just we're, we're gonna get to it we're gonna give you that two-week window so watch it now otherwise you're gonna spoil this next week you got anything no that's all you're like i'm done i'm done here let's get out of here we've been at this for hours it has it's been like two and a half. Oh no yeah still gotta make burgers so as always we hope you guys had a good time here you could follow us pretty much anywhere on shaken not scared pod except for for Twitter, Twitter is Shaken Scared Pod. Our Gmail is shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. Real quick, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on here. We're on Letterbox. It's still Shaken Not Scared Pod, I believe. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on there. Subscribe to us. You can support the show on Patreon. We'll name our next drink after you with mentions on our website where the drink page will live forever. What? Why are you laughing at me? You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Throw Loki a treat. There's still pumpkin treats out there. Get them. Give us a like, give us a rate, give us a review, and okay, thanks, bye. Bye. Hey, Squiddies, it's your host, Dre from the Tattoo Squid Podcast, here to take you on a deep dive and have my eight arms and two tentacles reach out to all different discussions, whether it be interviews with other podcasts and talk about horror, Halloween, heavy metal, camping, comic books, board games, Funko Pops. <sighs> so enjoy the ride to the bottom of the sea and also the depths of my mind. Plus, you can also follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and whenever you find podcasts that are available.